It's Monday. You know what time it is. It is time to talk some hoops. I'm your host, Vince, and this is FRPC. We are coming to you right before all the football is coming on. And uh, programming note, no Wednesdays. That's going to be the big football day. All right. Um, We will, from that point, then have a show on Monday, which we hoops. Wednesday will be football. Friday will be just anywhere we want to go. We're going to call it Let It Fly. And uh, looking forward to that coming up soon. Um, On today's show, basically, we're going to talk about what's going on. Not much, but there's a couple little interesting nuggets out there. A couple things happen, like, in the last 15, 20 minutes. Like... Kelly Oubre Jr. signing with the Sixers. Uh, the reason why this is interesting is because we get to say the tsunami tsunami poppy is with the Sixers. I just like being able to say that. Um, I do not understand the nickname personally. You know, I don't know if the jumper is wet enough for him to be called a tsunami, but. That's his nickname. So we that's what we with right now. So the tsunami poppy is in Philadelphia. What does this do for the 76ers at this point? Does this help <clears throat> the Joel Embiid situation? Is this kind of where we are? Or is this a situation of, you know, this is just a band-aid to kind of hold things over? Here's the thing. Adding a 20-point-a-game scorer, whether it's a situation where he was on a terrible team and there were a lot of opportunities because of injuries and some other things that went on in that organization down in Charlotte, you can say those type of things. But anytime you can get bench production this late in the game to add to your you know, war chest, so to speak, knowing what you're going up against, in the East, right? We are there. So Ugre is a is a wing that can help. Definitely adds another scoring punch, which is needed. I think we saw that in the playoffs, right? And anything that can help Joel Embiid through the uh, regular 82, very important. Very important. So any that's a that's a less of a stressor, you know, and it's hard to talk about the 76ers and not talk about the elephant in the room, which is James Harden. Um, and basically what I want to say about that is that you know what it's gonna be about. Um, you know that he has a propensity to make it very awkward and difficult. On the organization that he's in, when he wants out, uh, it gets very, very complicated. It seems to get very, very sticky um, in the point of the optics is not going to look good for the franchise and the player. Uh, and he seems not to worry about that as much as uh, you would think somebody would, right? Right. 
Um, I'm at the point now where I understand why the divorce can't happen because I understand that, that the value that you get, you would be getting back for James Harden would be well below what he's actually worth. And trust me, I understand that you have to factor in all of his nonsense, all of his BS into it. And that's why people don't want to give back more. 100% understand that. But at this point, what are you going to do? Because you can't replace that production. I mean, the offer, if you haven't heard it, it's terrible. It's like Terrence Mann, you know, some some wing depth and a first for James Harden. It's not great. Now, by January, could you build up his value and maybe trade him? Maybe. Maybe you can do that. You know, if you can get James to say, hey, look, man, I know you don't want to be here. We kind of wanted you not to be here. But this is where we are. And we need to kind of come together so we can split up, right? And enhance your value, give us some leverage around the league, and uh, then you, we can go from there. I think that's the only way to go at this point with them. Now, there's been some Siakam buzz out of Toronto. And again, myself and Nico have said, we are not. We're not going to fall for the pump fake. It's not going to happen. You know, Masai Jerry has told us time and time again that the rebuild is coming. And we still haven't seen it. So at this point, can't buy it either. So there, there we go. Now, the Dame thing has taken on a little... <laughs> A little new situation. And what I mean by that is now you have a mystery team involved. Um, our guy who is now a Hall of Famer. Um, and I just want to make sure that we... Mark J. Squares, <clears throat> who's real close to Dame... Um, you know, done a lot of work in the Bay Area, and he's been all over uh, NBA as far as as far as a, a newsbreaker and things of that nature. He's just been everywhere. He's been with the Yahoo and all these other places. Um, but there seems to be a second team that Spears was not comfortable naming that could also enter in in the mix as far as that's concerned. Possible shooting level. Da, da, he, whoa, car. Um, now, <clears throat> the team that 
has made some sense in the in the past with this has been Boston. Now, I know that Dame has has not been really fond of going to Boston. But maybe, you know, with figuring out that Portland just doesn't have any incentive to trade them. If you're not getting back essentially what you want, there's no need to trade them. You got them on this contract, whether you play them or not, or whatever. That's irregardless to what's going on. Because we're in a situation where we got them on the contract. Lillard is here. You know, it's just how it is. And until we get what we really want, what we think is palatable for us to take back, there's no reason to sit here and 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 go through this charade of oh we're gonna just take back whatever because we're gonna do right by Dang. <clears throat> it, it never works out for the team that does that. Like it never works out for oh well we got we gave this contract up because you know down the road you know, it's going to help us exponentially with free agents and all this other stuff. Never works out for the, it never works out for that front office and never works out for that franchise when that happens. Okay. You're at a point where you have a asset that can bring you back a pretty good haul, right? And you need to go ahead and leverage that as best as you can. It might not be for the actual pieces back. It might to get rid of a piece. You might have to get rid of Nurkic. And if Nurkic is more um, more of an albatross to you and more, in a sense, that's the priority, you might look at that and go, okay, I don't really care about what we're getting back per se. I just care about what what we're being able to get rid of, which is a ton of salary, right? Now, Portland is not your destination city for people to go to. I understand that. But if you can allocate those funds, that 19 point some odd million dollars of Nurkic money, now, okay, you can get it to a suitable number to the next person who plays that position. This is how the front offices are looking at this now. Unless you're a prime, prime guy, meaning like you're a um, all-NBA guy or whatever case may be, you know, you have a specific skill set that really like equates to winning, like, oh, I'm going to average damn near 30. Or what have you. As a center in the NBA. You, you're looking at like. 14 to 18 million. You know. And 18 million is on that high end. You're going to have to have something pretty damn. Uh, um, appealing to get that 18 million. Only like the true true guys. Are going to get. The dudes that we know. Have a second. A second uh, skill set are going to get, like, the the heavy contracts, the real heavy ones, right? 
But if you're a one-trick pony, if you do one thing, like I rim run, or um, I block shots, or, you know, um, you know, I got a good back-to-the-basket game, or, you know, whatever case may be. That's going to be a $12, $13 million dude. You know, we're not going to pay that dude a ton of money anymore. I just, there's no reason to do it. And that's how front offices and that's how your your salary cap people are looking at it. It's like, okay, you have to be able to have multiple things that are sticky to your team's success of winning. So if you are a um, uh, a defender that is a big that can you know get out to the corner three like you're pretty agile to be able to do things like that, that might be a secondary skill that if that is repeatable and something that you that translates, then you okay now I have a second skill. So not only am I a rim runner and a um, you know. I'm also somebody who can get out to this corner. I'm somebody who can, you know, you don't, I don't have to just, I'm not a drop coverage dude or whatever. You know, I have, I have a couple more things in the back. Now, if you're a floor, a floor spreader, there's another skill. So you're going to have to have multiple skills, layers on top of layers of skills as a center to make that real coin that, you know, the Embiid's, the Jokic's are going to make. Um, And I think that what you're seeing with the Chet Holmgren's of the world and the Victor Wingbayama's of the world, you're getting that. I mean, obviously, they're oddities because of their size and their their dexterity and uh, their their extreme athletic uh, profile uh, for somebody that big. But... That's the type of player that is going to have those type of opportunities to make that type of money. You know, the plotting guy, unfortunately, it's not going to happen for him anymore. So now we look at what else is out there for Dane. You know, Miami's still out there. They have it. But Portland's told Miami, you better, whatever it is that you think you haven't given to us yet, you need to go ahead and put that on the table. You know, they they really kind of said they <laughs> they viewed verbiage that is uh, uh extremely um dire. You know, they 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 I don't know how more much more they could say it to Miami like your offer is trash. You know, we we do not respect that offer. There's nothing in that offer that intrigues us. Because if you look at it, if you're building around Hero or Duncan Robinson or anybody like that, those guys don't have any value to Portland because they have guys like that already. And guys who they think are better. Or presumably could be better. So if that's the case, and you don't have somebody that I really want, I I don't I don't necessarily need to I don't feel the need to do this deal. Now on the other side, you can see why 
Miami's like, he doesn't want to be there anymore. Why would I try to give up everything I have? Well, you know, this is one of those situations where you don't want to play with it. You know, Miami, you, you, I understand that, you know, you feel like you're in a position to strength. You don't want to play with it to the point where now you got second teams involved, mystery teams involved and stuff like that. Because if it comes down to it and that team comes out and they put out a better offer, because remember, Portland doesn't have a lot to go off of because the agent already said, hey, listen, my guy only wants to go on Miami. Please don't put any, you know, offers out there. Now that got that got squashed by the league. Adam Silver got involved, you know, recommended the agent, said, hey, there won't be any of this language out there anymore. People are gonna start getting fined. It's gonna be a mess. Right? So we get all that to get this. Now there's a mystery team. Is it Brooklyn? I don't know if Brooklyn wants to go back into this. Not yet. Is it Boston? Boston is usually very, um, not open, but they're very shrewd with the people that they bring in because, you know, the, you know they've been burned with the Kyrie thing. So they want to make sure that the guy that they're getting is going to want to be there. Now, here's the great thing with, um, Dang, they had like three years left on this contract, so you're getting all of that. So that's a good situation for them. Now, are there any other teams out there who could use a Damian Lillard? Because let's think this through. Now, I know the team in New York, as far as the Knicks are concerned, no. That is not a good fit for um, New York, what they're doing, who they have on their squad. Your backcourt would be tiny, and they they don't don't even want to do that. They're actually monitoring this whole Embiid thing personally to see what goes on with that, you know. And also, they can keep the powder dry for Siakam if it really comes down to it, if you're kind of like, okay, this thing with Embiid might not work, right? So there's a lot going on there. Are there any other teams that we can think of that could use a guard like this? That is either on the cusp, maybe need a little jolt or something like that. I like to throw a name out there. I like to throw a franchise out there, especially now. And when I say it, you'll go like, uh. I understand where you're coming from with this. I want to throw out the Milwaukee Bucks as a possible Dame team. Now, definitely not the climate that you would think he would want to be a part of. Definitely not the exposure you would think he would want to be a part of. I'm not saying he would want to go there. This is not a, oh, this is a perfect situation for Dame. And we'll be realistic as far as where he would want to go. I can guarantee this will be very low on the list. But I do have some thoughts on why this could work. Now, I would think that you would have to get another team involved because Milwaukee, as far as young assets, doesn't have a lot to give. But you got some assets that are awesome 
that you can give somebody else to get another team involved, right? Now, everybody will say, well, well, you know, you're going to be involved in that. Why would you, you know, they would not help out Miami. They're not going to help Miami. They're going to help themselves, right? So, you know, where could a Drew Holiday go? Who could use a defensive guard, you know, who, you know, could stand up in whatever case may be? You know, is this somebody where, oh, does Drew go to Miami? You know, I don't know. Are there other things that could go? I mean, this is why we talk these things out. It might not work. The only reason I think that that Milwaukee should maybe look in on something like this is because you want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to keep Giannis around. And I think if you brought in somebody like a Dane who could help him really offensively, yes, you're going to lose something on the defensive side of the ball because Drew Holiday for Dane Lillard you're going to lose the defense. Well, what are you getting on the offensive creativity part and just the savvy and and also, you know, just the clutch of what Damian Lillard p- provides? Because you know that brother's ice cold when it comes to that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what actually goes on. I think the name that is the the one that is the shadow team might be Boston. But I would hope that a team like Milwaukee would do their due diligence and try to see if they can get involved in something like this. Another team that I would love to see get involved in something like this is the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, no, not CJ and Dame together. You would definitely put CJ somewhere else. You know, you would maybe try to do some kind of three-team deal. Now, normally, what do we say about any time we add other teams to the mix? That means there's probably not a deal getting done whatsoever, right? <clears throat> so this is what we talk about all the time. This is why it's so hard to get deals done in the NBA. But at this point, you know, it's something that we had talked about for the longest time. To get these deals done, because you don't have you don't have what's was desirable to the other franchise, you gotta create the desire. You know, what is gonna get the juices flowing for that particular squad, right? I would think that for Portland, if they could get like a, a young big, you know, somebody who who makes some sense. This is why I understand why um Detroit is not involved with like 45 bigs that they have on their team. You know, maybe this could be like some sort of destination of uh you could bring back Wiseman and and Bagley, right? And maybe Detroit takes on Nurkic. Who knows? Maybe they're not the one who takes on because they're giving up the young assets. 
But that's a team that you could sit there and go, okay, there you go. As far as what you're looking for. Um, obviously, if you can get like some 6'10 athletic wings or whatever, those are hard to get. <laughs> you know, nobody wants to give those up. Orlando has dudes that they can't play because they just have too many of them. OKC also has a lot of these type of guys. And they still have them, you know. So it was always going to take multi, it was always going to take another team to get involved to make sure that these deals, the, the Harden deal and the Dame deal, it was always going to take a third team and possibly a fourth team. And this is why those deals aren't done to this day. Because nobody's lowering their 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 asking price. And nobody wants to look at it in a completely different way. Now, if another team wanted to kind of come in and sneak in on the back end of it and say, hey, I got the pieces. I think I can get this done, you know, right now. It's hard for the it's hard for the actual team that is going to compete. Because it's the, the person, the team that's getting Dame is going to want is going to be competing for a title. So there's a lot. Either a there's a lot that you have to give up, or b the piece that you're giving up might be worthless to them. So you might have to throw some young talent on the back end of it. We shall see. All right, a couple other things that we want to get out on here about is that we want to talk about um we're going to give you what we're going to be doing in the next couple weeks with the basketball pod obviously we're going to have like a run through of what some of these teams are going to be looking like you know what would their off season looking like and what we expect from like uh, the team itself who we think is going to be like the breakout dude or the x factor um and that is going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks as we get closer and closer to training camp and into um, the uh, preseason games. So we're going to do that breakdown for every team, get that all out the way. Usually we do it by divisions and do that whole deal. Um, but, yeah, that's how we're probably going to be knocking this out. The other thing that I want to talk about is this, is that um, – so there's a big – hubbub about who's starting in Golden State in in the Bay Area. Is CP3 starting? Is, listen, I don't think that man's going to start. I understand what we've heard. I understand what, you know, I just, I think they just got to look at the optics of it and just see what, what, what makes actual sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you got Chris Paul and you have, um, Stephen Curry in the backcourt, not a big deal. Steph could play two, no problem whatsoever. But what do you do with Clay? Okay. Oh, then what do you do with Wiggins? Oh, and then what do you do with Draymond? Oh, and then what do you do with Kevin Looney? See, this is where the problem lies, is that by bringing CP3 onto the team and saying, oh, he might start, Ain't no way he's going to start because where 
the only the only piece that you could take out of the starting lineup is Clay. Now, if you want to go with some sort of backcourt where it's CP3 and Stephen Curry, and then you got Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney, be my guess that that's how you want to do it. Clay is pretty amenable to all this, so if that's the guy, I just don't see Clay, who has won four titles with that team, coming off the bench. But that's the only way it makes sense to me. And I don't, hey, I know Clay is pretty affable about a lot of things. But the one thing that I think people don't kind of check in on with Clay is that he's a competitor, man. That dude will rip your heart out if he could when he's playing basketball. And I just don't see him saying, oh, it's cool. I'm going to go to the bench. No problem whatsoever. I just can't see it. So I don't know if this is one of these deals where Gold State did something and then like literally they're gonna flip this dude like at the you know in the you know uh at the trade deadline. I really don't know. Um and you could tell me, you could sell me on the whole idea that he's gonna be there the whole year. Do all that too. Hey, I might go. I understand it. I get it. Yeah, he's a vet. He's done it for a long period of time. And he had a lot of success on, you know, being a point guard. Got you. But he just doesn't make a fit sense in that starting lineup deal. Um, I don't know who he's getting off. Unless you're saying he's getting clay off as far as as far as, you know, um activating like the superpower of clay, which you know, just easy looks. If that's what his you know new goal is, I guess. Uh we'll just have to see. But I was really kind of I was I didn't know where to take it. When I heard it, I just thought it was nonsense. And I understand that it's gotten a lot of traction. And, you know, I understand that, you know, Chris Paul has never come off the bench. But maybe it's time for Chris to think about some different horizons. It doesn't make you less important to the team. Hell, it might make you even more important to the team because you're accepting your role. And having some someone who is who is at that caliber to accept that role, crazy. Who knows? Which leads me to a couple things I do definitely want to kind of end on. Um, I know people are down on Evan Mobley and what he what he did not do or what he did not demonstrate last year. You know, people wondering where the jump shot went, all this other, you know. If you're selling your Evan Mobley stock, you can go ahead and send that to me. So, you know, hit me up on Twitter at FrontRunnerPC. FrontRunnerPC. Or if for some reason my my inbox is full, you can hit Nico up because I will buy 
all of the Evan Mobley stock. I'm in, still in heavy on Evan Mobley for sure. Okay. Um, I understand there's the dilemma of where did his outside shot go? I, I, I get it. I'm just not willing to give up on him. I think that this is year three. First year, he had a good year. Second year, the league adjusted to him. Now it's time for him to adjust to the league, right? And we'll see it. Or we won't. But I I am betting on the kid. I'm betting on the character. And I'm betting on the defense that 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 young man provides the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because the one thing that we did here, not saying like there was like this this huge groundswell like it was going to happen, but the whiskers that we did here coming out of Cleveland, it was never about Evelyn, Evan Mobley leaving. It was about Jerry Wrightley. It, it was about Jared leaving. You know, so if if that's the case, you know, if that's where we are, Jerry Allen is definitely, definitely his name has come up more, way more than Evan Mobley, because I haven't heard of Pete when it comes to that situation. Jared Allen, on the other hand, for sure, for sure on that. And then the other thing that I want to talk about, and then we're going to get up out of here, is um, the Sacramento Kings. And a lot of people kind of like, I don't know, they seem like they're being disrespected with their win total. Uh, people are, you know, going like, oh, well, you know, everybody's back and, you know, this person's healthy and whatever. The thing about it is, is that all those dudes still probably are going to get hurt. Now, Sacramento was like unusually healthy last year. Not saying that that doesn't continue. It could definitely continue because all these all these men are are at that age where they're pretty young. Except for Sabonis, he's on on the he's still in his prime, but he's on the on the higher end of the prime. So. I just think that De'Aaron Fox takes another step. I think you get more from Chris Murray. Or I'm sorry, Keegan Murray, not Chris. Um, And then, you know, is there... I think if you get more out of, out of, out of the Murray kid, that's really all you need. Like, as far as being able to kind of stabilize at your level... And, and, you know, be like a three seed, two, two, two or three seed or whatever. If that kid takes off. Now, you hope to get Kevin Herter back to what he was early in the year. You know, he was almost unplayable towards the end. Which was sad because I love Herter's game. And we'll see how it all goes with that. But if you can get Herder back in the fold, get legitimate minutes out of him, Murray comes to, into his own. They got they brought over a, a foreign ex, uh, import as far as that's concerned. So uh, Vesnikov, 
His game looks sweet. I like it. A lot of same stuff that uh, Sabonis does. Outside shot is it looks looks pretty good. Hell, another weapon for Sacramento. They're gonna be lighting the beam a lot. So lay off the disrespect of the Sacramento Kings. I think they're gonna be good. You know, they might be a team that maybe has a worse record, but we might feel differently about them as a team. If you know what I'm talking about. Like, I, I really feel they might be one of those teams where it's like, oh, the record might not be as good as it was last year, but we actually feel like more like, oh, we feel they're more competent when it comes to the to the playoffs. But that is where we're going to end it. I'm going to get to these football games that I need to start watching because I want to see if Bryce Young is not going to die on the football field because he's very small. Uh, other than that, that's it. Make sure you check out this feed on Wednesday because you know what's coming, the football. And, um, yeah, I can't wait till Friday so we can see what the hell going to be doing on Friday. I don't know, you know. We flying by the seat of our pants. We will see. But we on top of it. That's a that's a, a pod for today. Again, stay with us on Wednesday. Football will be coming. We'll have like the news and notes. We'll have fantasy and we'll have some picks, stuff like that. Keep, keep it moving. So how you doing? So I'm your host, Vince. Thank you for tuning in. We super appreciate you checking us out. And if you're checking us out on the pod, make sure to leave a review, rate us, review us. That'd be awesome. If you're checking us out on YouTube, you know what time it is. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you turn on those notifications. Make sure you hit the likes because we need it. We need to get crack-a-lacking when it comes to people checking in on us and tapping in and staying with us. All right. So I will check y'all later and y'all be easy for cheesy. <laughs>